don't bust my balls too much, okay? I can't. I'm not in a place right now tonight. What's today the for with you? too much ball busting? I've had it. Why? Um. You're sad. You don't have a PlayStation Five. Yeah, I'm. It's. It, I'm just too pissed about that. Were you at a soccer game and your mother died? <laughs> Are you referring to anything in particular when you say that? Uh, yeah, I'm referring to the movie that you recommended we watch this week. Another. This is my pick. Another Adam proud, pick about a ten-year-old. <laughs> I'm proud to make this my second pick of this podcast. Look, you 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 love. First of all, you love. You just. I think you're predisposed to not like it because it's my pick, and it's a good one, and you know it is. Okay, so what happened was earlier in the week, Adam was texting me, and he's like, "I just watched a Good Son." <laughs> it's really good. And I was just like, instead of the good son, I wrote the mediocre movie. And yeah. He's that like, was so funny when you said that. And you're like, shut up, bro. You haven't even seen it because I didn't review it on a letterbox. Yeah. I knew that you had to have a letterbox entry. So I've caught you, bitch. And then, um, I looked up what you put and you put three and a half stars. That's right. And then, I, I was thinking after all the weird, obscure movies we've been watching that we should watch a more mainstream movie. So I thought The Good Son would be a funny movie to watch. Yeah. And I watched it on HBO Max that night and I gave it like two stars. Like it just barely. Whoa, you did? I wanted to give That's it. That's crazy. It, it was in between one and a half and two stars. And then. No, Cop and a Half is a two and a two star movie. And then it's way better than Cop and a Half. Cop and a Half is a one star movie. And then no, it's not. Anyway, it's got charm. The next day, Adam lowered his review <laughs> of the Good Son from three and a half stars to three stars. I was like, I can't go more than a full star above. No, I, I mean but you, you know thought, sometimes. Anyway, like you thought I hadn't seen the movie, and then you were when we were texting, you were like, "It's good." You gotta watch it, and I was just like, "I was like, what the fuck is yeah. this guy talking about? I've seen this movie like <laughs> half a dozen times. What? Why have you seen it? So I've read the book, it, like the novelization. I got it from my school Scholastic book sale. Like that is such a you book to pick. Well, I I liked Home Alone, and I thought this was gonna be a good movie when I was like eight years old, and I read the book." And then when I saw the movie, I was like, wow, the book was better and it's a fucking novelization. And no I th- way. And I think it must the, be a good book. I think the reason why the, the book is better than the movie is because when you read the book, Macaulay Culkin's acting is better in your mind. Yeah, he seemed kind of jaded in this movie. I mean, he's terrible. Well, he's doing like, I mean, he's good in Home Alone, but he's also like kind of just doing like a sleepy version of what he just does in home alone or like a, a, like a, uh, effort, you know, like a lazy version of what he's doing in home alone. It's just his, you know, he's just a lazy actor, dude. He was like a little kid. He was getting molested and shit. Okay. Well, he's doing all that while getting molested. Elijah Wood is also in this movie and gives a much better performance, but he wasn't getting molested. Really? What you're doing is like, demonizing victims look we have to assume both of them were molested because they're both child actors okay fair enough i guess we got to start there you know yeah 
But anyway, you actually think this is a good movie. I do think it's a good... Well, I think it's more ironic Here than it comes. <laughs> well, like that... Because we, uh, I watched The Stepfather, too, which is by the same director. It's an 80s thriller. It's kind of the same sort of thing. Uh, but that has a layer of sat like satire of 80s yuppie shit a little bit and this kind of also does i think but for in like the late you know the early 90s sort of you just don't like this era of hollywood movie i think you are completely wrong you're 100 percent wrong 1993 is a great year for hollywood films name one uh, it's the Fugitive in '93, Jurassic Park, Schindler's List. This is basically like the Fugitive and Schindler's List. I mean, let me just. 1993 was a great year. You just don't like this movie because you are you were a good son. Falling down. You... This boy's life, Nightmare Before Christmas. What's eating Gilbert Grape? Tombstone. Carlito's Way. Searching for Bobby Fisher, Alive, Remains of the Day, The Firm, In the Line Wait, of Fire. This, is better, this isn't better than The Firm? Menace to Society, The Age of Innocence. The Good Son. This movie sucks, Adam. And it's... No, it doesn't suck. It doesn't suck. It's a good, like, it's a little, it's like a, it's, it does, it's the movie that it should be. It's not a great movie. Okay, let me ask you a like, question. Who is the audience of this movie? It's an, um, and remember, it's R-rated. Yeah, that's kind of what I, I... I did have that thought. Because, like, that scene where... There's a scene where Macaulay Culkin says fuck in this movie. He's like, don't fuck with me. In a treehouse to Elijah Wood. And it made me... I remember that. Like, I remember hearing about that or whatever at some point. Just being like, oh, this is, like, the edgy... Macaulay Culkin movie where he says fuck but it's like what are there adults that that is like driving to the theater to you know what I mean is that like pulling in an audience for the people who want to see Macaulay Culkin say fuck like in 1993 were there like couples and stuff or like the woman's like do you want to go see Schindler's List and the the guy's like let's go see this movie The Good Son I heard Macaulay Culkin says fuck in it it's for adults Right. So, remember, this movie is for adults. Do you think this movie... I mean, sure you're, an, you're an adult, so... Yeah, I'm an adult. Do you think, <laughs> you as an adult that. watching this movie, did you enjoy it? Yes, I, as, as an adult, I enjoyed this film. That was made for me, an adult who reads The New Yorker. Okay. Well, you have... I think it was maybe, like... It was maybe... Because remember, you gotta remember the time that this came out. I do remember. Very similar. I saw it when it came out. In the theater? No, I watched it on video, but I remember I I watched all the I look, I remember Macaulay Culkin after Home Alone was fucking huge, okay? And every yeah. movie he made there was like a buzz about. Even like he did Home Alone, then My Girl came out, and My Girl was a movie that no boy wanted to watch, but begrudgingly we checked it out because like, well, Macaulay Culkin's in it. Like maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be cool. Although I only watched so you were it. a big Macaulay Culkin guy. Is that what you're saying? I was, you're I mean, I was eight years old and then I watched it because I heard he died from a bee sting. And I thought that was yeah. 
I was like, okay, maybe I'll check Classic. it out. But it looked like a girl movie. Then The Good Son. Yeah, sure. This movie was like, I loved horror movies as a kid. So, like an R-rated children's film is was like exactly the kind of thing I liked at the time. So I was, yeah, that seems. I mean, you you were the audience that this movie is, and for, I couldn't really. even go to the theater to see it. Like, yeah, that's fucked up. They blew it. You know, like nothing about this movie makes any sense. But you gotta no. I was gonna say like, think about you know, early nineties, all that, all the uh, kind of puritan, puritanical stuff. America was a much more conservative, culturally conservative place back then. So I could see this, you know, it's like one of the biggest stars in the world. It's like when they do, you know, like Harmony Corinne, like taking Disney stars and putting them in Spring Breakers. I could see that it kind of having that vibe about it at the time, even though it seems like a lamer version of it. But like, well, it's Culkin's exploitation, Max exploitation, Max exploitation, baby. Um. Okay, I so like I read a lot about the making of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's written by this guy, Ian McEwen, who was a very accomplished, well-respected British novelist. Yeah, he was... Oh, did he write Atonement? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. That's this crazy. is all before that. So he also wrote The Comfort of Strangers, which that was, that ended up becoming a Paul Schrader movie. He was mm-hmm. a legitimate writer, very respected, and in around 1988, 87, um, I don't know if he was approached or if he had the idea, but he wanted, like, I think he said Fox wanted to make an Oscar-worthy movie about a child killer, and it was going to be very low budget, and it was going to be different than most of the studio films. It was going to be kind of like an independent Miramax kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And he spent he wrote a script and then they spent four years developing it. And what happened was Macaulay Culkin's father, Kit Culkin, who managed Macaulay Culkin's career. Motherfucker's name is Kit. Yeah. He's a complete psychopath, failed actor, horrible stage dad. Right. Everybody hates this guy. There's nothing but horrible stories about him. Mm -hmm. I mean, his name is Kit. That's like tough to live with. Well, Knight Rider's car is named Kit, and everybody likes that car. Yeah, but so is the, you know, who, you know who the kid that springs to my mind first is uh, Laurie Petty in League of Their Own, and that's like one of the worst characters of all time. Nobody wants to be a Kit. Anyway, um, Kit <laughs> Culkin. Okay. He. Uh, his, he was a failed actor. He tried to do stuff on Broadway and theater and stage. And he, I think it, like his IMDb is like one or two small roles. He, uh, he got the script for The Good Son and said, Macaulay Culkin will not be in Home Alone 2 unless he stars in The Good Son. Hell yeah. Okay. He was genius. And then at that point, it was like 91 and like sets were being built for like the shoot in Maine and uh, at first Ian McEwen was excited he's like okay well you know Macaulay Culkin will give us more attention we'll have more there's more of a chance of the movie being made we can now cast Elijah Wood because we're shooting a year later Um, 
But then the director, Joseph Rubin, stopped answering Ian McEwan's phone calls. Okay. And then after a couple weeks of getting the runaround, another writer told Ian that they've hired a new screenwriter. They didn't even tell him he was fired. And these were people he had been working with for four years. And he was completely um, shocked and devastated by this, like, development. Because... Yes. He had he had been working with these people for years, and he said they were intelligent, they were smart, these were like sophisticated producers. But once Macaulay Culkin was in the movie, mm-hmm. it then changed the product. It was no longer an Ian McEwan script; it was a Macaulay Culkin movie. And then, yeah, that's Hollywood, baby. Kit Culkin also um, forced them to cast Quinn Culkin as the, the little sister Connie. Oh, and okay. then and then also <laughs> right. Rory Culkin ended up being the dead kid in the photo in the picture, Richard. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool little Easter egg. So it just became a Culkin fest. I don't know which screenwriter took over, but he said after that they just wanted to, they just wanted to make a Hollywood uh, piece of shit. They cut. They just started cutting scenes. There was like a lot more development with like the mom. Yeah. And the original oh yeah, so the original director was um Michael Lemon or Layman, the director of Heathers and Hudson Hawk. Okay. And he wanted okay. to make like a more he didn't even want Macaulay Culkin in the movie. He said Macaulay Culkin is too little, he's not intimidating, it should be a more it should be like an athletic, um older child who it has I more mean... has more of a bully um physicality and then i think what happened and then um the other thing that was going on at the time was silence of the lambs had come out and that was like a dark twisted movie so there was this like people were into this idea of like the sophisticated sly killer who's like a sociopath and doesn't feel anything so yes they kind of tailored the performance to be more like that but yeah i mean macaulay culkin definitely seems like tiny and like young for that for how much damage he does like the character is like causing a lot of trouble and shit and Macaulay Culkin looks like he's like barely a ba- uh, like not a baby look this whole movie is contrived and shitty like one of the worst things about this movie is this utterly ridiculous um he it, in the book they did call it like it's the the gun the like crossbow thing he makes it shoots um yeah railroad spikes oh and Damn. it's pretty cool i mean it's such overdone hollywood bullshit like it has like a buick or a cadillac like um Pro- production design on it yeah it's like something out of hook it's like too yeah it's just too complicated for a kid to make and like and a real failure of the screenwriting is that this gun is used halfway through the movie to kill a dog and then it's never used again, right? Mm, yeah. I mean, that's you know what they say. That what's the Tolstoy thing or whatever? The first, if, if there's a gun, a gun in the first, first act, act, it'll go off by the end of the movie. It should go off in the second act. That the dog scene. Hey, 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 Tom. What did Tolstoy say? <laughs> if you got a pie I'm in the a... oven, you can't eat it. <laughs> oh man, I'm so high. Yeah. I'm not high. Is this about the Easter baskets? 
That's my um, that's my favorite Christopher Moltisanti line. What's that? What, what what is that in reference to? In like season five, episode one, I only know this because it was the premiere of the season. But like, um, when the bears in the backyard, there's a scene where Tony has to talk to Chris about something. He's like, "Hey, let me talk to you about something." And then it's such a it's a funny non sequitur, and like Chris is like is this about the Easter baskets? And then Tony looks at him like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what <laughs> idiotic scam are you doing with Easter baskets? Yeah, that's really funny. Um, but yeah, they have this, yeah, he has this shit. ridiculous gun and he's supposed to be this like sophisticated, smart kid and he has his own like workshop. Yeah, he's got a shed with a bunch of toys, but also tools and stuff in it. Is that like a Home Alone thing? Like, oh, he built these elaborate weapons and machinery for home alone so let's carry yeah maybe let's carry that over to the good son that's a good observation william i bet it is it has something to do with that that's what people wanted he was the kid that had gadgets and stuff i mean he's yeah he's basically if kevin McAllister was a serial killer yeah that's i mean you know why shouldn't that have been made a movie in 1993 well it his performance is terrible, and his, that's the his one, career that's the bad never thing, recovered. Is really? You think? He did Home Alone 2 right after this. Well, Home Alone 2 was going to be a hit no matter what. But this this showed that he could not do a serious, he's not a dramatic he's movie. Not like, he's, no, he's no Haley Joel. Correct. And after this, he made Getting Even With Dad, Richie Rich. Okay, never mind. I take it back. He made a bunch of movies like home alone again he just kept making it's like hey you know what we put you in a drama it sucked now we're just putting you in you know more garbage where a kid gets gets one up over an adult yeah whereas elijah wood had more he brings it dude he has way more range and like he's in like huck finn yeah he's He's in more. I mean, his first, the movie he, Elijah Wood made before this was King of the Hill, a Steven Soderbergh movie, and that's like, that's why he was cast in this. That's where he got mm. the buzz. Mm. Oh, th- was this? Was he not a star during this? At this point, he wasn't a star, and this is this was on his way. This is like, yeah, he did. Um, was he in King of the Hill, or am I wrong? Or is that after? <laughs> I've never seen him. Um. Oh, he's in Radio Flyer. He did Radio Flyer, Forever Young, Adventures of Huck uh, Finn, yes. The Good Son, North, The Ice Storm. That was like his big dramatic move. I guess um, Jesse. I think Jesse Bradford was in King of the Hill. I don't remember. But anyway, anyway, Elijah Wood had more acting chops, and you know, he kind of. Yeah. I'd said in my review on Letterbox that he's the only reason this movie's watchable. Yeah, Macaulay Culkin is is pretty bad um and i think i think his father is a big reason why the movie's bad i think his father was telling the director to like hey you got to do this in the scene you got to do like that scene where they throw the um what's his name mr freeway or whatever mr highway mr highway they throw him off the bridge and all the cars are crashing and like yeah there's these like he, there's like a slow camera push on Macaulay Culkin's face that looks exactly yeah. like the the Jack Nicholson anger management meme. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, look at the cars crash. Like, he also is doing a face. It's like a Home Alone face too. I would say, like, 
he's where he's like i'm caught it, you know that face i would describe as the i'm about to get pudding face he's like his eyebrows are going up yeah and like he's smiling yeah and he's i really th- hamming it up i think macaulay culkin was a perfect kid for commercials like a perfect child actor for commercials he's he doesn't really have the range to do like a drama he just um, has that face of like hey i got dominoes i'm feeling pretty good and then like well he's i think he's maybe more of a com- comedic actor you know like he is good at delivering lines dryly you know like, like in that like the right Pre- precocious line like line like it works in home alone because it's like oh he's so smart he's getting one over the parents and he's he's talking yeah. he's saying these little quips um yeah yeah totally he's good at quips whereas in this movie it just feels like forced yeah it's too bad it's a good pairing like star star wise for kid two kid actors it's like john travolta and Nicolas cage movies from that from the 90s like elijah wood and macaulay culkin like yeah i want to see that like face off those... yeah this movie is actually reminding me a little bit of training day yes i i i spent a good day googling what this subgenre is called and it's about the subgenre of a person who knows someone who's respected is evil yeah. But they cannot convince anyone else around them. <laughs> yeah. And it's the plot of the stepfather. It's the plot of the crush. I mean, there's a there's an overlap with, They're... like, stalking movies. Yeah, it's like a stalker sort of but thing for sure. I don't know. But it also... There is, no, also, there is no name for it. I, I, I had that thought about that whole... The plot thing of, like... Uh, so, like the only reason why the movie's not ending is because there's a character that's like not believing the person. Um, that is something that was in like the conjuring. I remember too, in like a haunted house sort of set it like story. It's like, uh, it just keeps it. They have to have reasons to stay in the house, you know? Otherwise it'd be like, let's get the fuck out of here. Like, this is crazy. It's haunted. You need it. You need the guy in charge to, have re- like to not believe or have reasons to like stay. Yeah, there's a great one from the eight. A lot of them are from the eighties. There's a great one called Scream for Help, directed by Michael Winner, and it's similar to The Stepfather. It's about a teenage girl who's realizes her stepfather is like a psychopath, and she cannot convince her mother. And like, mm. yeah, these movies work really well when they are about kids or teenagers because they can't leave. They can't just yeah, get out of the house kids for sure but this move but that good son is it's like funny it's kind of it becomes absurd pretty much with how like much the parents aren't listening to elijah wood like there's a scene where they're sitting at a dinner table and like a, a macaulay culkin's like elijah uh, elijah wood wants to m- move into or like he, he he wanted him to like get out of connie's room or something and elijah Wood was like no i don't want that but the dad's like, you know what? He starts talking to the mom. He's like, you know what? Maybe that's a good idea. Maybe they should have their own rooms. And the, and they just have the parents have this conversation while Elijah Wood is like, no, I really don't want that. Just because Macaulay Macaulay is like, you know, it would be good if this happened. He's just like so effortlessly manipulates 
the adults in this movie. There's a psychiatrist that Elijah Wood goes to because he's like still going through the grieving process with his mom, and uh, um, and he she tell he tells the psychiatrist and that he's like he's like this kid is evil, and the psychiatrist is like. I don't believe that people can be evil. <laughs> and she like doesn't listen. And then later Macaulay Culkin, he goes to like tell her again. And Macaulay Culkin is there with her. And he, and, and he's just uh, already manipulated this trained psychiatrist into not believing her patient. It's impressive. Yeah. I mean, it's complete horseshit. <laughs> And that's it's kind of a funny part of the movie to be honest like so the movie ends with uh uh the mom so the mom goes into macaulay culkin's well first elijah wood tells her that he's henry is a, a murderer yeah and then she slaps him in the face yeah <laughs> yeah it's good it's good parenting stuff i think well it's a good re- um, i like that reaction i like that she's so upset and threatened by this accusation. Sure. And also that it creates the tension of does the, well, who is the mom going to pick? Right. Which ends up being right. a big part of the climax, which I thought, I think the climax is good. That's why I kicked it up to three and a half. It was because I thought the climax was genuinely good. In, in, um, in what regard? Well, do we want to get there? Yeah. Get, let's talk already, about, or? well, let's talk about how the mom first is convinced that, the accusation is real. Okay, so yeah, she goes to the work shed, <laughs> to Macaulay's work shed, and Macaulay's out doing. He like comes or like she goes and see and sees all like his weird kid shed that he has, and uh, then she finds the rubber ducky that's like her baby's who died before the movie starts. Um, and little Richard was drowned in a bathtub, and yeah, Henry. That's the name of the baby. Yeah, Henry. Little Richard. <laughs> Oh, Richard. So oh, okay. he's a baby, so I said Little Richard. So yeah, Henry it would be tells funny Mark... Called it, Little Richard. it would be funny if the kid was like, a wop bop a loop a wop and then... <laughs> Before, and then his death. Or it's just a photo <laughs> of Little Richard. That would be good. As yeah, the that's baby. the kind of show I The like. baby has like a, yeah. p- a pencil-thin mustache. Yeah, and a jerry curl. Um, yeah. But he tells him, uh, he's like, so- when my little brother was killed... Or when my little brother died, he was—he had like blue lips. I, I looked at him. Yeah. I got a good look at the dead. Did you see your mom dead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the mom is like, so the mom finds this rubber ducky and is like, what the fuck? And then Macaulay comes in because he was out like collecting something. He's doing um, like serial killer stuff. He's like, what's going on? Oh, what are you yeah, doing in like my prepping. workshop? Yeah. Um, which is like, there's, yeah, it's, this, it's funny that the stepfather is such a, mirror of this movie in so many ways but so she basically is like what happened and and he he like he's oh he wants to get it back he wants to get the he asks for the rubber ducky back he like lies and shit and like kind of gets out of the situation then is like can i have it back and then when he when he asks for it back though the movie does good both this movie and stepfather do good like lighting change like little subtle lighting things that just are thrillery but kind of are used at the right, you know, at the maximum, like, uh, effective moment. Uh, and uh, so he likes, there's like a kind of a cool thriller, like eye light thing on Macaulay Culkin. And you can 
see that like the mom is like oh my kid's a psycho and he uh grabs the rubber ducky or something like that and like runs away yeah and she's like what the fuck it's a completely and... terrible scene <laughs> in terms of writing it's just it's i mean so dumb. yeah well it's just he's so bad that it's not you know it just seems kind of funny i and, mean like, a rubber it ducky. makes it a kid movie yeah <laughs> yeah like my baby's rubber ducky like every my baby's rubber ducky and he kept it it's just um, complete garbage so she's now wrestling with the with doubt and she doesn't know if um Henry is a killer or little Mark Elijah Wood is telling the truth. There's another hilarious scene after this where Elijah Wood is taunted by Macaulay Culkin, who, what is he? He says something in that kid's bedroom. I think he says, he's like, I'm going to kill my mom. Oh yeah. He tells Elijah Wood that he's going to kill. And then he grabs, Elijah Wood grabs a pair of scissors Jumps up on yeah. the bed and like holds the like the scissors against Macaulay Culkin's neck, like he's gonna cut his throat. And it's the kind of thing that would work with in a thriller with adults, but seeing little kids do this, it just looks awkward and weird. And like it's like something you would yeah, see in a Bruce Willis yeah. movie. Like <laughs> what? Like I can't imagine yeah. Elijah Wood. I can't imagine like an eight-year-old or nine-year-old just like holding scissors against a, a guy's throat. Like, I'm going to cut your throat, man. You better you better not say that. Yeah. It just looks yeah, weird. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. It's just a weird... Yeah, it, it, it's... Yeah, this movie has scenes that... <laughs> where it's like little kids acting out like adult like moments. Yeah, and, it, and um, it's they're way too young. They need to be like 14. Yeah, because like even yeah, the way, or at that, least like puberty, like yeah, like even the know. clothes they wear, they look, they look stupid. But honestly, like puberty, like early puberty is when, kid, like kids aren't like intimidating to other kids. I guess they they can be when you're like younger than that. But I feel like there's be like a more danger. You get start feeling more danger when you when you're everybody around you is like going through puberty and shit. When you're before you're all just like Plus, little kids, yeah, and you're more emotional. They don't. I feel like they don't have actual children, like realistic children emotions. Mm. It just feels like yeah, they're adults. Well, yeah, like he calls Elijah calls his dad at that one in that one scene to tell him about it, and he's just like, I don't know. Yeah, he's like wearing a, a windbreaker, and he just looks like a tiny, like. 30 year old he's dressed like jerry seinfeld yeah yeah (laughs) it's awesome dude the locations in this movie are amazing yeah so that writer ian McEwen said that once macaulay culkin was in the movie like the budget just shot up so they had more access to that's like good location shooting and it does a lot of the lifting and in parts of the movie i would say like just how cool like the setting is it's all like natural like setting Right, so after the throat cutting... Oh, yeah, and then the dad sees them, and he's like... What's going uh, on? Yeah. You're trying to kill... Elijah, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. And the Macaulay dad is does so dumb. Th- well, Macaulay is just playing him like a fiddle. He, As soon as he opens the door, he's like, help me, help me. But before that, he's like, do it. I want you to. That, seeing that scene, it made me realize that like 
I think the Simpsons had a big influence on this movie. I feel like the dad could be Homer, and Macaulay yeah. Culkin is like Bart, <laughs> and then the little sister's like Lisa. Yeah. And the mom's Marge, and then the, the dead kid is the baby. Like, interesting theory, Maggie. Yeah, like it just doesn't. You should write an article about that. And then uh, Elijah Wood is Milhouse. Yeah, dude, that would be amazing. But I he does—he has a made this movie with those characters. He has a Bart Simpson kind of like wisecrack. Macaulay. Yeah, like he's just—he's just acting. He just—that's his thing. He just—he—I he, think he's just only good at like the quips and stuff, or like, you know, like little kids, little kid actors in comedies. Like, think about it from a casting perspective. Or like if you're a casting director, like you're seeing all these kids and then you see a kid who delivers these lines that are like kind of precocious lines, but he delivers them like completely straight faced and like he knows exactly what he's saying. Like, how do you not eat that up? I get why those actors, those those are always like the kid actors that get picked, the ones that can do that specific thing instead of like maybe having range and stuff. Right. Um it's a, it's a kid say the darndest thing sort of. Well, I think also after Home Alone, the success yeah, of Home Alone, it just became like, okay, this is what he's good at. Let's just do this ad nauseum. Yeah. Let's just have him yeah. quipping and acting stupid and yeah. being unrealistic. And it worked out great. Yeah, ruined his... made the movie great. Ruined his career, destroyed his family. He's... I didn't realize The Good Son was so destructive to, to Macaulay's life. Oh, yeah. This is like an embarrassment. <laughs> but I gave it three and a half stars. I know you had not, you didn't know anything about the movie and you just watched it and were like, this is a pretty interesting thriller. And like, maybe it's aged better over time. Maybe that's what this well, means. Well, you didn't, you went in with no baggage. Yeah. And you, and you, you came in with, with a lot it, of baggage feeling. Yeah, of course. Yeah. High expectations. They thought they were going to make, I, they thought they were going to make like over a hundred million dollars, $200 million just like home alone like they they saw big money how much did it make it cost about 20 it made about 55 to six, i think it made 60 worldwide and 48 us damn so i bet a lot of it was the rumor that macaulay said fuck in it. i mean i bet that's what made a lot of people go see it worldwide don't fuck with me he said it i, I remember this uh this is like one of those movies that even though I didn't see it, I remember the trailer kind of, I remember that there's a scene where Macaulay is like holding a flashlight under him, under his face. And, oh, and he goes, what do you think this is a game? And then turns it off. And that's like a big trailer. I think that's how the trailer ends. Um, and I remember that. <laughs> that's what I remember. Yeah. I mean the trailer, I think the trailer got played like, in front of kids movies like in front of pg-13 movies uh, it was on cool. tv a lot like hell yeah because they were in that awkward position to okay all of his fans are children but the movie's rated r right i guess we advertise on in places where kids can see it and then we hope their parents bring them to the movie like yeah the whole thing was just sure to f succeed yeah it's just such a fucking disaster of an idea but it did. It's a. It was a. It was a success. It's not a good movie, Adam. I don't know how to I tell you. I think it this. is. Well, well, this director, 
he so the stepfather has these like we should talk about the stepfather for for a little bit like he it has like it's a good thriller and it's in this like kind of domestic non thriller setting so it like plays well there's the, the other thing you have to remember plays those moments the thing about the stepfather know. is is that it's a low budget movie and it did well because i guess like terry o'quinn i'm gonna assume he was doing a lot of tv at the time like he's not a movie star you know yeah it's like lower expectations yeah he's in a bunch of tv tv movies so well when you make a movie like the stepfather and no one's paying attention and you can make it more twisted and more shocking like and then it makes uh, if it makes any money it's a success but if you come off home alone with this 400 million dollar box office like massive success and they're like okay this is the good son is not a joseph rubin movie it's not an ian McEwen movie yeah it's yeah. a macaulay culkin movie it's like all yeah, he his or his gravity just blows away everyone else's and the expectations of his of him override anything else like i don't yeah, i, I would if, imagine but, kit colkin is i mean he's demand kit colkin the the sons the actor's manager him. is demanding things and demanding changes that they have to do like that's how much sway macaulay colkin has but i still think that the movie that R- joseph rubin made a self-aware thriller with kids in it and like it does. It's a pretty good version of that. I would say still. It, I don't. I mean, what do you? What besides Macaulay's performance? I mean, like, it's terribly written. Is it? Yes. No. Oh, I mean, yeah. I guess. And with it's all the, also yeah. sappy. <laughs> it's like very sappy and sentimental. Like some of the monologues Elijah Wood has, like true. their narration. True. 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 But there's like I. I really think that uh, Joseph Rubin's doing. I like somewhat. Uh, like the score and stuff sometimes I feel like is like ironic or self-aware. Yeah. Everyone's self-aware that it's the kid from home alone is a serial killer. Yeah. uh, Yeah. But it's like, it's, it's made, I don't know. I guess it's not, it's not that (laughs) subversive of a movie. It's just like, it's no, no, I'm not saying it's that it's a really subversive movie there. I mean, this is complete hack material. It's just done the same way. Like the stepfather was such a good watch with it. At this, I feel like because it was, it's like a, it's not as a successful, but it's the same idea of this of trying to make a thriller out of something that is, well, not t- normally the reason why the stepfather is also good is Terry O'Quinn is hilarious. Uh, sure. The lead actor, the the stepfather, he's fucking awesome in that movie. Yeah. I mean, he. That's the thing. Like, if you have an actor with chops, like. Anthony yeah, Hopkins sure. in Silence of the Lambs, like it's fucking awesome. And then, but then when you put in this like sleepy, mimicky, dull, I mean, he looks dumb. He has like dumb, dumb eyes. Like he doesn't seem smart. He looks like he Macaulay just looks Culkin like he looks does dumb. not give a shit. Maybe he was depressed, honestly, because his dad was being, you know, he was probably. I mean. You know, Michael Jackson's blowing him every day. He's probably just so... He just doesn't have the uh, the fight anymore. He doesn't have the eye of the tiger. He's just getting yeah. Would you? endless blowjobs from yeah. America's number one superstar. 
Yeah. Yeah, what that could take a toll on anybody. You know, it's just like, oh man, I. Sorry, I'm late to set. I just uh, fucking the shit out of Michael Jackson last night, and just oh, I'm so <laughs> tired. How come your Macaulay Culkin is deeper than your oh. voice? You guys, you guys ready to do this? He's just like late you stage. Made, you make your voice more masculine. He's like late stage Dirk Diggler. He's just like. Yeah. Oh, just like coked out, up all night, sweating. It really does feel like he's kind of late stage Dirk Diggler by this point. It's very, it's a very, I mean, I'm surprised that it's not a little bit later in his filmography. Because it seems like the movie he'd make like at the very end. The way his performance is and how. This is halfway not, through his career. It's like yeah, it's he's like, young in this movie. This is like, this is the end, you know. Like my girl, it, I think he made my girl before Home Alone was released, so there was no baggage because he was still just like, it, yeah, yeah. He made my girl before Home Alone came out for sure. Because otherwise, he wouldn't have been a star. And this or one, like, you know, he was too big a star. He just thinks like, oh yeah, I'm in. I'm, oh, I'm he, the yeah, king. He, he, I, uh, I'm the king. You know. I, uh, it's my fucking... <laughs> I'm the, I'm the Come on, Jack. Let's shoot. I'm fucking yeah. hard. Let's do it. So you think Macaulay Culkin is to blame for this? Well, casting is the most important part of any. No, I mean, you think... Uh, I mean, the his, screenwriting is terrible. It's just Macaulay Culkin is a piece of shit. It was just like a being an asshole at the time, too. Yeah. It's big swinging dick. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. he's not acting... He's, I mean, look, acting takes discipline. Unless you're Robert Downey Jr. Apparently, um, I forget what movie it was, but I think Tom Sizemore said on Natural Born Killers that he would watch Robert Downey Jr. Like, he knew Robert Downey Jr. was on heroin, getting completely fucked up every night. And then I think on the way to the set would be like, oh, I got to learn my lines. And then would just learn his lines and like, in like two reads, and just fucking crush. Because that's like the ultimate. That's the dream. That's the ultimate skill. Is you want to be yeah. that like, if you're that, that good, if you're that good at acting where you don't even need to fucking prepare, and you just crush it every of time, course. and you just have that charisma. Yeah, Michael Caine does the thing, where I read his acting book, and he does the thing where like he rehearses everything completely down to the smallest like details and 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 thinks about how to adjust it for different uh shot sizes um yeah for close-ups and wides and so, stuff yeah he'll like but he like but he any gesture in a michael kane performance anything you see none of it is spontaneous uh, like spontaneous yeah but it's really good he's really good of course. Yeah, British uh, actors do a lot more preparation than American actors. Yeah. I imagine in Home Alone they're just giving Macaulay line readings. Um yeah. And they're just He's honestly seems like he's on drugs or something in this movie. Did he do drugs? He's just sleepy. Oh. Maybe he didn't like the cold. He's cold blooded like a snake. He just loses energy. Yeah. He's like a lizard. Yeah, man. Well, Home yeah. Alone takes place in Chicago in winter, so. That's true. That's a good point. Um, he's got a got. He's kind of got like a good winter kid face because he gets like rosy cheeks and, you know what I mean. Yeah, he wears. I, I get. 
He's not in like tan kid movies. He's not like an Andrew Keegan type. Who's that? The guy from uh, Camp Nowhere and in Independence Day. Oh yeah, that's the tan kid. Yeah. You put that kid in Hawaii or Florida or something. He'll... Southwest. Yeah. Oh yeah, Arizona. I think he started a church in Santa Monica. Oh, right. and that, yeah, yeah. They did um, a story on for um, Vice. Um, yes, I think you're right. So yeah, like. But anyway, let's get to the climax. So after the the accusation with the the scissors and the dad is pissed off at Elijah oh, I, Wood. Yeah. But Elijah Wood looks out the window and sees like the mom and Macaulay Culkin going for a walk. Maybe that's a scene later too. Joey, come here. Sorry, one sec. My cat. I just let my cat out, and I wasn't thinking. Ah, fuck. Cat. Well, <laughs> hold on one sec. You're gonna have to get a new cat. Just hold on a second. Joey, come back, dude. Joey. No. Bad. Bad. Joey. Clap. Fuck. Clap. All right. So, cats going. don't listen when you tell them to do things. That's one thing I've noticed. Uh, yeah. I mean, I knew that he was gonna run away. There, like, once he's out, there's no way he's not gonna like. It's not gonna come get back. Away from you. He'll come back. Um. All right. So anyway, yeah, the he, so the dad puts him in. He locks him inside the house. He like or like puts him in timeout. Basically, he puts him in puts kid, Elijah Wood in timeout. Kid jail. Yeah, and just like Training Day, and uh, uh, that's not actually. I don't think that happens in Training Day. But um, at, well, he does get <laughs> tra- Like he has to get out of the uh, the drug house. Yeah, the drug house. Exactly. Yeah, he takes him to that weird house Dude, this movie is training day well i don't like training day also so what you don't why not it's not well written and not well acted oh boy denzel you kidding ethan hawk is good in that movie too i don't like it um i think it sucks or it's just overrated anyway they're both so, very yeah, contrived he's movies out. he's looking out and uh he sees Macaul- he's macaulay's like can we go on a walk and the mom's like, okay. And, and Macaulay's like, no, the whole time. Elijah like, banging like, glass. No. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, and. Yada, yada, uh, yada. They end up on a yada, cliff. Yada. Yeah. There's a cliff, a giant cliff. This... Oh, yeah. Well, Macaulay runs away. So, so the mom chases after him. But, but, but Elijah Wood, meanwhile, because he's trapped in the house, he takes a chair and throws it and breaks the win- a window and then tries to climb out. But the dad like grabs him and won't let and like res- tries to restrain him. Elijah Wood like breaks free and then runs after exactly the t- it, mom. This and is more Carpenter. of that Bruce Willis kind of action where it just uh, looks weird to see a child. Yeah, well, I'm yeah, surprised I mean, Elijah kind of... Wood doesn't get in a car and like you know look for the key the key's missing and then like rips open the steering wheel and like puts two wires together and just like starts it up and just Dude, fucking, you gotta get against bruce willis just fucking drives it you know what's your problem with bruce willis I, my problem is with children acting like they're new york city cops oh i see just like don't fuck with me man <laughs> right i'll um, scissor you bitch i got my scissors yeah. Yeah. Hey ma. Hey ma. Maybe uh, Elijah Wood should go sleep in the other kid's room. Then I can do more more murder stuff. You know what? That's a good idea, honey. I think that that would be good for them. 
Ho, ho, ho. Um, I got my own room now. <laughs> Dude, it would be great if Bruce Willis played the Macaulay Culkin's role. It's just movie. dubbed like, look who's talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we're talking. Now we, you want the quips. Now we're talking. Here's my friend, Mr. Highway. Yeah. Hey, can we pause for one, one sec? Sorry. Just the cat thing is fucking me up. Yeah, go get your cat. Okay, one sec. Uh, now that Adam's gone, really? let's, let's really discuss the movie. This director, Joseph Rubin, is a complete hack. Dreamscape sucks. I watched it. It's the worst music I've ever heard in a movie. Sleeping with the Enemy? Completely mediocre. The towels aren't straight. Oh, we gotta straighten out the towels. Pom-pom girls, I kind of liked. I recommend the pom-pom girls. Willie? What's up, bro? Did you get your yeah. cat? Uh, no. But he'll... <laughs> I'll come back. Is, are you, is that fucking you up? It's fucking me up. Um... So, yeah. Uh... So the dad, uh is restraining him and Elijah Wood like breaks free and then chases after them. And the dad doesn't chase after Elijah Wood or anything. Yeah, why would he? He's just a just watching a kid run away who he thinks Screaming. is a murderer. Yeah. Um it's kind of a cool move. He's a good dad. Honestly this Elijah Wood's stepdad in this movie or whatever this guy is. His uncle He's like a worse stepfather than the guy in the stepfather. For most of the stepfather. Yeah, he's oh, he's Homer Simpson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, what I would have... If I wrote this movie, what I would have done is... Elijah Wood, bust in the shed, grab the gun, the crossbow, take that to the cliff, and fucking shoot mm. uh, Macaulay Culkin right in the heart, and he just flies off like uh, the end of Die Hard. Yeah, that'd be cool. I d but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I thought the climax was kind of cool, or like, like they. So they end up at the cliff. <laughs> we should talk. About, okay. We've got to set it up yeah, yeah, before yeah. we start discussing things. True. True. So they end up at the cliff. Um, Macaulay pushes his mom off, and there's a shot where there's a very visible cable that she's holding <laughs> onto, and it's running oh, up, really? running up her arm. That. Yeah, there's a giant thick cable in it. Fold me. They got me. And. Then I think Elijah Wood runs up to Macaulay Culkin and jumps on him, and then they both fall off. They're both falling off the cliff, but then the mom, who has then got herself up, is now grabs both of their arms and is holding both of the kids right over the edge of the cliff. And I watched this scene three times because I have no idea how the fuck they did this. Because it, what it looks like to me is that. Macaulay Culkin and Elijah Wood are wearing bodysuits with cables attached to them. And then they're being the the uh the cables running up the mom's arm and then coming out the back of her jacket. But like mm. it's a, a good, yeah, it's a giant it. fucking cliff over an ocean. Dude, yeah, it's honestly like I was thinking that too. Like, how do they do that scene? It looks it, they're rolling around on the edge of a cliff. And even though they're wired up and everything, like there's no uh this is nineteen ninety three, they can't they don't really do digital compositing. Like there's no green screen, there's no blue screen. Yeah. It looks like yeah. they're just 
they are held with thick cables that are hidden in the mom's arm, and they're fucking dangling the most popular child movie star yeah. on the face of the earth of a fucking mountain. It's badass, dude. Um, I also was like, how did they uh, do the scene where the little girl falls in the ice? Because it's, it's, that also seems like they made a little girl get in a frozen lake. I, I imagine that's a tank. Like, you could fake it. You could do the ice tank. But the view, you can see the, like, it. You, oh, like, through you the ice see, when she's, like, rolling it, around? No, 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 no. When Before she, that, when she's, like, bobbing it, and it, you can see, like, the f- rest of the lake and, like, the forest behind her and stuff. Like, they're not hiding anything. So it's, I think they made this t- little girl She could get be in a, a wetsuit with true. heating pads. And then yeah. there could be people yeah. underneath her, like divers, or like there could be. Okay, okay. I could see. I mean, it's 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 probably easier to fake than this fucking crazy cliff they're on. I would love sure. to ask them if I ever, you know, if I ever meet Elijah Wood or Macaulay Culkin, the first thing I would do is ask them about this. Like, yeah, you know, you never know. Like, if Echo probably get this question a lot. If Echoplex like, reopens and Elijah Woods there smoking a cigarette outside, I'd be like, "Hey, man, yeah, I just have one thing I want to ask you. How and you, you should be wearing a shirt that says the good son when you ask him. He's like, let me guess, it's about the cliff. I'm like, yes. <laughs> you can tell by my shirt, I'm a big. <laughs> well, I'm not a fan of the movie. I'm just curious how you shot this scene. Yeah. Um. That'd be cool, man. I hope that happens for you. I saw him at El Capitan Theater one time. Yeah, I mean, he's around L.A. Just going yeah. to shows and seeing movies. Totally. So the uh, the climax is that the mom, her, her grip on Elijah Wood is slipping. Yes. And she has to make a choice between the two of them, and she chooses and, our boy Elijah. And Macaulay's giving some really bad line readings in a really creepy, like trying to be creepy, like, come on, mom, help me. I love you. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. And the mom. He's just too sweet a kid. And she's like, uh, I don't know. Should I pick the, mur- the, the son who murdered my baby or should I pick my gross nephew? Like the nephew? best kid ever. <laughs> gro- it would be funny if the mom thought Elijah Wood was gross. It's gross. It's kind of gross not as cute yeah i I just saved my ugly nephew sucks um but yeah so the dad never (laughs) checks in on them or whatever the movie just ends after that they just wrap that shit up yeah like in the book there's a there's a more extended ending of like elijah wood visiting like a year later and checking in on the i gotta read the book dude yeah it's great book I mean, I was nine. Not, year, I, I read yeah. it at nine years old, so I'm sure it holds mm-hmm. up. I actually have the novelization of Getting Even with Dad. Oh yeah, can I borrow that? I've, yeah. I've been meaning to read that. Yeah, you, yeah, you're trying to read all of his novelization. The right? Page Master. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So. Fuck. Yeah. You see little Macaulay Culkin fall, and there's like a good dummy that like. Is is like dead in on the rocks. Yeah, they should have called the movie "The Good Dummy." They should have called the movie "The Bad Kid." He's oh like, yeah, yeah, that's so weird that they didn't do that. They didn't even. Th- they called him the good son, but he's not even good. Yeah, so they're saying that he, 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 they think he's good. 
the mom is the villain in this movie. It should be called the dumb mother. <laughs> the bad parents. Two Both stupid have. parents. Yeah. Um, so are you anyway? Are you still feeling confident with your three star review of this movie? <laughs> um. Well, you know, so, so what? What pushed it to the the, the three and a half for me was was I thought the climax was uh uh not really stupid or something because I thought it was good. Uh, is that is I'm an, am I an idiot? I thought I, the climax was pretty good for that t- for a '90s early '90s thriller. <sighs> it's unexpected. It's kind of a like it goes there. You know what I mean? It's a big moment where it's like, yeah, she has to let it, her son die. Like, what's your it's favorite? A good ending. What's your favorite early '90s thriller? Or what's uh, what, what early '90s thrillers have you seen? And like, what comes to mind? Because it was a good era. I mean, I guess I was thinking about Fugitive. Um, I don't know, like, uh, um, fucking. You haven't seen any. No, I have. I don't know. Those are like airplane movies. I feel like the fugitive is the only one you know of. Cause like hand that rocks to cradle. Mm. That movie's good. I've seen that too. Uh, you know who made a bunch of great thrillers is, um, Curtis Hansen. He, uh, I think he directed hand that rocks to cradle. And, um, but he wrote, Oh, he didn't, you know, he wrote, no, he directed Hand That Rocks the Cradle, and then he wrote um, The Silent Partner, which is really good. He wrote The Bedroom Window, which is really good. He directed The Bedroom Window. He, he made another movie that's similar to, um, what's it called, uh, Good Son, called Bad Influence. This is like one of my favorite early 90s sleazy thrillers. It's, that would have been a good title for The Good Son, too. Yeah, like James Spader plays this like very bookish nerdy uh like computer executive or something like accountant or something and he gets uh he starts hanging out with rob Lowe, and rob Lowe is into all sorts of nasty business and he starts like fucking with him and like ruining his life it's kind of like um it's kind of like a fatal attraction of friendship <laughs> Oh, all right. But yeah, that's kind of like our. That's kind of like what our relationship is like. I think a little bit. Yeah, this movie, uh, Bad Influence. There was a lot of buzz on it, but then Rob Lowe got in trouble for having sex with two sixteen-year-old girls on camera, and the sex tape leaked. <laughs> so it kind of like, kind of, kind of ruined the uh, the release of the movie, but. I've kind of come That's to appreciate Rob Lowe as an actor. Um, he's good in... Dude, he's a great... Uh, in, in Wayne's World, he's great. Yeah, like I was only used to that kind of performance, like Wayne's World or Tommy Boy. But he's really good in Bad Influence, and he's also really good in St. Elmo's Fire. Mm. He plays a hard-partying guy who just doesn't want to give up on college. And he's like in a sax. He plays saxophone in a band, and he just that sounds cool. He gets drunk all the time, and all the women in the movie are in love with him, and he just treats them like complete shit. And it's it's so fucking funny. 
Is he is is he as good as Macaulay Culkin is in The Good Son? Almost every actor is better than Macaulay Culkin <laughs> in The Good Son. What about the kid from Cop and a Half? Cop and a Half, he's worse. The kid from Cop and a Half is worse than Macaulay Culkin in The Good Son, you think? Cop and a Half is one of the worst no way, movies dude. ever made. <laughs> it, no, you don't really mean that. What do you so like what other He's just playing it up, guys, for for you. What for the audience? Dog shit movie are you gonna recommend next? North? <laughs> like it's North, I mean it's got some it's got Jason Alexander and Julia Louis Dreyfus in it. There's something going on there. What you only like movies that start ten year olds. Well, I mean I know I haven't proven or given any evidence to the contrary about that, but uh, I, that's not true. I, I promise. It's just a coincidence that both of the movies I picked starred ten-year-olds. I think you're. I think they're. I think they're like seven or eight or something like that. I think you have uh, the mind of a child, <laughs> and that's why you like this movie. Well, yeah, this is a. I'm an adult that has the mind of a child. You're so thirty. I, like, I get. I get kicked. At, kicks out of scene. You're like what? Thirty six. Thirty five. Thirty five year old man, sitting on a sofa, watching HBO Max, and like, <laughs> I'm gonna watch the movie where Macaulay Culkin says the f word. Honestly, I've, it's a I, movie. I've that heard about. This. I watched. I watched it because I was trying to find something to watch with my wife. Okay, and she enjoys. She also the likes kids' movies. Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, the two of you are perfect together because you both enjoy children's films. Well, I won't argue with you about us being perfect together. Have you ever been to the El Capitan Theater and seen a Disney film? Yeah, I told you I saw Elijah Wood there. How many okay, times? Um, less than between five and ten. Wow. What did you think I was going to say? I like went out all the time. No, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, no, I would say, I, I maybe five, honestly. You like children's films, feel, let's be honest. You relate to the, you relate I, no, to the actors, the characters, the children. Yeah, it's more my speed. You just don't like this movie because you think you would be a better good son than Macaulay Culkin is. You, have, you take issue with it as a good son yourself. Yeah, I mean, you he have, spills have, the beans. He's telling Elijah Wood all this stuff like... He should have played it up and then just killed him, pushed him down the well and been like, oh man, Elijah Wood fell down yeah. the well. I feel so bad. You're just like, Macaulay, I have notes. I got notes. You're bombing as a serial killer. Yeah. You love you love saying that. I'm sure you would love saying that to Macaulay. Hey, Hans, I don't know what happened, but uh, Elijah Wood fell down the well. I don't know what happened, Paul. It was cool that he keeps cigarettes in the well at the cemetery. Yeah, man. It's so it's this kid's twist. It's goth. Macaulay's goth in this movie. Um, we kind of have the Elijah Wood Macaulay dynamic in this movie. I would say I'm Elijah, obviously. I'm talented, and you're untalented. You're Macaulay in this situation. I'm gonna have a career. You're gonna just spiral out of control. <laughs> I'm Elijah Wood. You are Macaulay. I'm cool. And I'm talking about the characters. I'm just a cool... You're a little psycho kid. I'm a cool dude. I'm an and adult I'm, man. I dress like Jerry Seinfeld at 10 years old. I'm an adult man, okay? I'm not a little kid. You sure are. You got that right. Can you do a Maine accent? Mm. Oh, hey, uh, I'm, uh, I'm from Maine. Oh. 
Yeah. Uh, there's like, like uh, skinheads from Maine that um, Dana Carvey show sketch like, mm-hmm. Don't care much for the Negroes. Oh, oh right. It's that. It's that mm-hmm. sort of thing. I was thinking Baltimore. Like, uh, um, or um, Pet Cemetery. Right. Fred right. Gwynn. Well, it's kind of James Jimmy Stewarty. Oh, this kid's killing. He's killing a little baby. <laughs> oh, he has like it's like rear window. He's just looking at Macaulay Culkin drown a baby. Yeah. He's killing that baby. That's what the dad is doing during the climax of this movie. He's just looking, watching them through with binoculars from the house. What's he doing? Just drinking beer at home? Just like, ah, yeah. he ran out. The kid, ah, I got to clean up all this I broken glass. Yeah. Um, that that shed was actually, Macaulay Culkin's shed was actually the dad's workspace. He just happens to work with only toys. I hate movies when they have like overly elaborate, like kids are just like, yeah, I got my work shed. I'm a kid. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you talking about? What are you talking? Yeah, you have no money. I hate when I, I hate when kids have money in movies or they just have like per, there's like production value to anything that they do. Yeah, their room is like too nice with like too many decorations. Um. Well, um. You're not going down to two and a half stars. No way, man. You don't think this is just average at best? No, I think there's some very interesting work going on in this film. You just think it's exciting that like Macaulay Culkin says the F word and plays a killer. <laughs> you're like, you're into that. Yeah. On paper, I'm into it. And I, my really, I feel like the plot contrivances, it's like you can kind of enjoy how silly it is. Even though they're bad, it's like bad writing it's kind of a funny part of that movie. And if I'm going to watch this movie, I'm going to like, and I'm going to appreciate the funny parts of it. I'm not like, I don't care too much about like taking it seriously, but I think the, the thing about that really hinders its potential is, is little Macaulay's performance, but I don't want to put past judgment. You know, I'm sure he had a lot going on at the time and Kit was probably putting a lot of pressure on him. Hey, uh, you got any coconut water? I got a bad hangover. Michael Jackson dosed me real good. <laughs> and maybe you got a little diaper back there because I am bleeding up a storm. Yeah. He, Macaulay, I think when my they made this movie. My butthole got torn up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> by a black and white penis. Colored like a barbershop right, pole. Mm. You know what I'm saying, yeah. Hans? It's just like Rick Dalton. Yeah. Um. Oh, I'm so drunk. It's like, no, he'd be like on quaaludes. I could see Michael Jackson just feeding him quaaludes. It's like, uh, I made you quaaludes <laughs> so you can sleep good at night and wake up and act. That's nice. That's when thoughtful. I made Moonwalker, I was on quaaludes every day. So you think Michael did it? Do I think Michael Jackson raped Macaulay Culkin? Yeah. Definitively, no. I think he purposely didn't rape him so he could have the cover. To have him as a... Yeah, so he can have the cover story. This is something um, pedophiles do to, like, protect their image and their good standing within the community. 
Interesting. I read a whole article on um, Sandusky, the guy from okay. Pennsylvania, and yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. it's such an elaborate, it's like, it's, it's such an elaborate way to live your life to, to do this. Like, Sandusky literally had his own summer camp in his backyard. And he had like foster kids. Like he he lived up oh, this thing Jesus. of like, come on, come one, come all, children of the world, you can come to my house and have fun. Like, that's Neverland Ranch shit. Yeah, Neverland Ranch shit. And also they do things like high profile kids. They don't abuse. Right. That right. way they have the cover right. story. Right. And the excuse. So, and Macaulay Culkin, I I think if it if he had been molested or raped, I think he would have admitted. I think he would have talked about it by now i i see no reason for him to hide it yeah but that's sad too if he is uh being used as like the uncle tom of like molested boys or whatever uncle tom is that the word <laughs> no <laughs> <It's not. laughs> something i found out in my research was um macaulay culkin was actually the godfather to michael jackson's children Oh, nice. He was like, this is your godfather. That's a, that's a good cover, dude. This is your godfather. He's my best friend. He's 12 years old. Michael Jackson's best friends were a 12-year-old and a chimpanzee. Yeah, that... What a cool life. No. What? What are you talking about? The, the most utterly horrific thing, like, in that HBO two-part Michael Jackson documentary is just the fact yeah. that, like... It's like, I cannot even wrap my head around this. Like, an adult, a successful adult, making music, touring the world, celebrity friends, he chooses to spend his time with a nine-year-old boy. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't, I hate children. You know, like... Well, there was like a, that was back then, like, there was a weird thing where it was like, yes, like, oh, he's like pop star like kids love him and he he still likes kids he's like a... and then there's this other thing they would say which is oh he likes to hang out with kids because he didn't have a childhood meanwhile mm-hmm. britney spears jodie foster uh elijah wood like every successful child actor or child singer they're not hanging out with kids like you don't hear cory feldman go like I'm hanging out with uh, this uh, four-year-old because when I was four, I was shooting gremlins, so I never got to experience uh, preschool. So me and this kid, we're gonna we're gonna get some play-doh, and we're gonna make a little we're gonna make a a gingerbread house. Yeah, like no one does that. They're just that makes like sense. <coughs> they're just like I'm gonna do drugs. I'm an adult. I'm not gonna fuck around. Or yeah, I am. I I want nothing to do with kids. Like no. There's no reason for an adult to hang out with a child. I mean, have you ever tried it? No. And have I you ever hung out with a child as an adult? Just as friends, as equals. Have I ever played swords with a a young child I'm taking care of because the mafia is after him? <laughs> um, yeah. Have exactly. I ever tried to read a bedtime story to a child and read the sports page <laughs> yeah for, for example like hypothetically i guess sure let me ask you a question have you ever been okay. in a similar situation as a kid when you were bullied 
by another kid or into like killing a a lizard or something or were you the bullier no of course not i was a really good kid still am um but yeah i mean you always you always have friends that were just like damn what the fuck is it wrong with this kid when you're hanging out with them you know like what give me an example um well like in high school i guess i had friends that got me into trouble oh yeah um as a kid kid i don't know i only just hung out with like or what about like a kid you're nerdy, just like this kid balls. is fucking weird i'm not gonna hang out with him anymore yeah well like you know it's like you hang out with kids that come from like uh troubled families or whatever and then like they have you like just pull up shit in people's yards and everything and just like they smash stuff as they're like walking around yeah i remember one time in middle school or high school i think like i hung out with some kids and we took water balloons and mm-hmm. we we're like breaking them in mailbox like we were basically like at first we had water balloons that we were throwing at cars and then we just took the water balloons yeah. and put them in the mailbox yeah. and like squished it so it spilled and then we like closed the latch so all the mail got wet <laughs> that's cool <laughs> That's a cool move. I definitely uh, launched water balloons at cars and stuff. Um, that's just good, clean fun, I think, when you're a kid. You know what I just realized about the climax um, of the of the good son is that the dad could have saved Macaulay. Culkin yes, if, if he, he had been there, chased after Elijah. That's that's good stuff. What if he just showed up like, "What the fuck did you do, bitch? You dropped our son off the cliff." Yeah. Yeah. I saw the whole fucking and he, thing. And he files for divorce. Divorce in this skank. Yeah. Um Well, I'm I feel great about my pick. And what if he just like the dad is like putting on different shoes and he's like, I don't know, should I put on these are my running shoes? I don't and he's just like spending all this time <laughs> getting yeah. ready and then he's going up the hill and he just sees like his son fall. He's like, Fuck. <laughs> yeah. He just slowly backs away. Why didn't I just run? Uh, what are you going to do? Uh, um, the good dad. Starring that guy. Um, well, I can't wait until I'm allowed to pick a, a movie again. I got big plans. Well, I, I can't wait to see what you pick. It's just like, whatever <laughs> garbage is on HBO Max. <laughs> just HBO Max has a good library right now, okay? That's why I'm utilizing it so much. I mean, I wish Cop and a Half was on HBO Max, to be honest, but it's not. Hopefully, God willing, one day. And then what? You're going to watch it again? Oh, yeah. Just over and over? Oh, yeah. Like it's Citizen Kane? <laughs> yeah. Just studying it? And you're going to write it? You're going to make like Mank? You're going to make a film about the making of Cop and a Half? <laughs> yeah, is that what that's about? <laughs> It's some well, it's David the, movie. That's the making of Citizen Kane, but yeah, he's just like. Oh okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that's the dream. Who's gonna play Burt Reynolds? Mm, who would play Burt Reynolds in the making of Cop and a Half? Uh, it would have to be. Walton somebody Goggins. Somebody pretty prestigious. I mean. Gary sure. Oldman. Sure. And um, Michael B. Jordan can play. The uh, the kid, and it's like 
motion capture. Yeah. Yeah, it's Benjamin Button and Michael B. Jordan. That's so pretty hip, dude. That's not what that is, I guess, that effect. Um, Technology will only make movies better. Oh, boy. Here we go. And it has. Oh, jeez. Don't get started. Please. Daniel Day-Lewis. We're trying to wrap this up. Daniel Day-Lewis can be can playing tell. every character in a movie mo-capped. That's, that sounds cool. Or Andy Serkis. I would like to... I, if it was like Daniel, if it was a great actor playing ev- like every character, like clumping an entire movie, there was a, I would see that. Robert Downey Jr. wanted to do Pinocchio, where he played Geppetto and Pinocchio. That sounds. I, I want to see that. that would be I don't awesome. think it would be good necessarily. And he but... and he got um, he got P. T. Anderson to do like a screenplay pass on it. Oh, cool. But damn. What a what a weird Hollywood tale. It's currently uh, in development hell after Doctor Doolittle, or Doolittle. Yeah, come on, man. Hey, do you Get know what right. do you know what happens in the climax of Doolittle? No. There's a giant dragon who has a bagpipe up its asshole, and Robert Downey Jr. has uh. to pull out the bagpipe. <laughs> like literally a bagpipe. I believe so. I never watched it, but that's what I read. A dragon, you said? Yes. <laughs> okay. So I thought it was like a talking animal movie. Yeah, but like you gotta make you need a big finish, so you need a big fancy animal. I see. Yeah, the dragon is the fanciest animal. Yeah, let's fucking let's do a little YouTubing. Let's watch this. That'll be a good send off. We cannot have another fucking two hour thing. I, I mean, it already is, but. Whoops, I'm recording the audio by accident. Yeah, here's the dragon. There's Robert oh, wait, Downey Jr. Share? I'm not screen sharing. I'm just fucking... Oh, <laughs> I'm so excited to see this. I, I, I just re- revealed that I was way too excited to see this thing. You'll probably want... This is so your next movie pick. I mean, it sounds pretty cool. Doolittle Dragon. There's a dragon in the Doolittle. Okay. These movies, like Hollywood movies, are the most bizarre movies. Yeah, they're the most like surreal and stuff. Because they put in these big giant actors like Robert Downey Jr. or Macaulay Culkin, and then they think like, "Well, now we can do anything." Yeah, they'll just, the audience will just buy whatever shit we like pull out of our ass. Whatever stupid garbage they want to do, or their family member. Like, I think Robert Downey Jr.'s wife is his manager. Like, mm. you know, <laughs> interesting. Look, you want to? Uh, if you're yeah. an actor out there, if you're in the biz. Get a real manager. Get a real agent. Okay. Marry your manager, or or manage your spouse. I manage Ozzy. <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne is my client and my husband. Sharon does. Sharon does it. Sharon Osbourne. Yeah, she was his manager. Yeah. That's that's cool. That's like when a kid, um, like a student fucks his teacher. That'd be fucking cool. Dude. You know, that's like the coolest thing a kid can do. The kid seduces the teacher. Yeah. The Macaulay seduces Michael Jackson. That's, um... Maybe these kids were just seducing Michael. Maybe Macaulay wasn't doing the thing that these terrible, evil kids were, were doing. Wow, I didn't realize you went to law school. <laughs> yeah. You got a real legal mind. <laughs> Some have said that. I've been told I have a legal mind before. 
Hey, uh, Big deal. I don't like to show it off too much. How do we but... know these kids didn't rape Michael Jackson? <laughs> okay. Me standing before <laughs> like a f- packed courtroom. Just drooling on heroin. Yeah. Like Christopher Moltisanti. You're just like, yeah. Oh, man. I was going to work on the case, but uh, <laughs> I just got high all week. I'm sorry. Yeah. I had to go see this band that Adriano was managing. And, uh... Massive Genius and I were partying all night. Dude, I love the band that Adriana wants to manage. And she... That sings that, like, not like 2000s slow rock. What is that? I don't even know how to describe like but that's New like a Jersey perfect... bar music. Yeah. That have has no choruses. That kind of thing. It is bar. It's like a thing you would a band you would hear play at a bar for sure. It's a perfect it's the perfect band for her to manage in the show. It makes sense. Yeah, no, it's very funny. I've been enjoying my rewatch. I'm not watching as many movies right now, honestly, because I'm I'm hooked on It's not that many movies coming out. On the Pranas. Mm. You know, movies I are... mean I got a lot. Movies are kind of dying. To catch up on. What we're so we're just on a sinking ship right now. You're saying making a podcast about movies. Well, there's lots of old movies, but there's not. Yeah. It's like there's nothing. If nothing's coming out, it's it's like all you have are so that, all you can watch are old movies, and it's like. It's, are they doing it like an Oscars this year? You think? I heard they were delaying it a year. Yeah, it make it kind of because there's just nothing has come out really, or like it doesn't even. It's crazy that like a Christopher Nolan movie came came out and made forty eight like million nobody. dollars. Wow, I mean, you, I guess, that's how much it made in the U.S. It made like three hundred worldwide, but yeah, it made like forty eight million bucks. Oh boy, I hope he's okay. I think he's fine. I hope, I hope he makes it out okay. They might re-release it. It'd be cool if Christopher Nolan like hated COVID mandates and like wearing a mask and stuff just because he was pissed about the movie, you know, having no theatrical release really. I think he is. Yeah, but he should be like a mask truther. He'd be like an outspoken mask truther because he's pissed that Tenant Tenant got screwed over. He just gets on the he's at MAGA March right now. <laughs> yeah. They stole the they stole the election. They stole the election. They stole the election this from me and ruined British me movie. Man. Yeah. That's a that's the perfect Christopher Nolan. They ruined me wow. fucking movie. Fucking wankers. <laughs> Dude, am I talking to Christopher Nolan right now? It feels like it. He's fucking cunt Gavin Newsom. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that would be cool. No, he's probably I picture Christopher Nolan drinking tea while directing sometimes hey leah why don't you do it again but this time we're like walk backwards and we're gonna record it backwards and then we'll play it forwards give it an interesting look right nice yeah you know who talks like that kind of is um christian bell right he's cockney yeah i chris i kind of like christian bale's real voice it you know it's it seems like a more working he's it makes him feel like more working class than he is because he's just a child actor his whole life but like brilliant child that's actor. that's a cool yeah a real not a real elijah wood that guy henry v brilliant he would he would have been a good elijah in the elijah wood role in this movie as a kid i think 
he would have been good as um, Macaulay Culkin, like American Psycho. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite thing he ever said is, um, there's well, besides that recording, but when he's... Yeah, that's the best. When he's... Oh, good for you. Oh, good for you. That's my You're favorite so part So fucking amateur. I, I like to say that to myself sometimes. There's a part... There's an interview he did for Dick, that Dick Cheney movie, Vice, and... Yeah. He... Um, he was, like, learning about heart attacks, and... Because Dick Cheney had so many heart attacks, and then Adam McKay one day was like, oh, I don't feel good. I have this, these symp- I'm feeling like this. And then Christian Bale was like, I think you had a heart attack because um, that's what Dick Cheney said. Damn. You know who really saved his life if you like get down to the root of it is Dick Cheney. Yes. Dick Cheney saved Adam McKay's life. Yes, I did. He's a hero. Cock Cheney. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. That's like a type of piercing you can get on your dick i got a, a cock chain yeah you take a shotgun a bird shot and you blast out of your penis yeah and it looks like a little pinhead yeah doll they call that a cock chain what about a pinhead you just have like pins oof ouchie <laughs> owie <laughs> yikes check please <sighs> Uh, can I have my soul back? <laughs> uh, you're being the girl after after you she gets fucked by a guy with a pinhead dick. Uh, is that what you're doing? doing just now? <laughs> yeah. You know what would be good for a cock piercing? Mm. You just take a railroad spike and shoot it out of a crossbow in your cock. Yeah. Get it? It's like the call good it, son. Call, call it the Macaulay. Uh, the end. Well, thanks for listening. I'm sure this was a lot of. I'm sure a lot of people were really excited to see this episode, and and I'm sure that they've all listened to it to, until the end. So, thank you for listening, and I'm you're welcome for the enjoying enjoyable time that you've just had. Ma, did you go to broadcasting school? Because <laughs> you're just amazing on the mic. <laughs> thank you. Well, it's, you know, unscripted, a little bit off. Uh, the rest of this has been scripted, but this is an unscripted moment from the heart. So, you did a real mess, messy, maybe, but but raw and real. You did a real Michael Scott meltdown there. <laughs> okay, let's stop. <laughs>